We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in, hand-raised guys, this Thursday evening. Kind of capping a uh, huge week of podcast. As always, football season is here. You know, Ole Miss and Central Arkansas a couple days away. Rebels will move to 2-0 and at some point Saturday night around uh, 9 o'clock or so. Neil's hoping around 9 o'clock or so. Not We were just discussing lightning delays and weather issues and Mother Nature annoyances over the course of uh, Saturday night. But hopefully we uh, get it in. As you would, uh, as you would hope, there with uh, with that. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, be with you here tonight. We're going to talk to Ben Mintz, Barstool Sports, coming up in the first hour. If you're listening to this in podcast form, they will be separated into two different shows, as we've been doing the last few weeks. It's worked really well for us. So, you will get us and Ben Mintz in hour number one. You'll get us in calls in hour number two. If you were again listening from a podcast standpoint, we've got Rams and Bills on the TV. It is the uh, the start of the 2022 NFL season tonight. Great game to kick that off. The defending Super Bowl champions against the AFC runner-up Buffalo Bills. Bills favored by two and a half as we're just a few minutes here from kickoff in, uh, in that one. So I uh, hope you've had a good week. Hope you've enjoyed our MPW Digital selections that we have uh, brought to you. Still more to come, obviously, and things com. In the meantime, as well, we'll have tons of content on the site Saturday night after uh, Ole Miss and Central Arkansas. Come back, hang with me. Is We probably will discuss a little Rebels and Bears, but we'll be watching BYU, Baylor. We've got uh, Kentucky, Florida. Got some stuff going on there. Uh, and State and Arizona on, uh, on Saturday night. So all that and more. And uh, the podcast brought to you all the time, every single day, by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. We told you this morning, we're going to tell you again now, if you go in you just purchase anything, make any purchase at all, Hand them cash, swipe a credit card. You can enter in to win an official Ole Miss game jersey from any game this season. They're going to give seven away, so you can be one of seven winners for a game jersey. That's the Blue Sky location here in Oxford on Highway 6 West. So take advantage of that. Buy multiple things. Then you get to go in multiple times. You get to enter as many times as you want. There's no limit to it. You can keep purchasing items and keep entering into the contest to win official game jerseys there with the Blue Sky Tomorrow, as you know by now, because we got into a tangent about a couple weeks ago, spaghetti is your lunch special tomorrow. 
uh, fountain drinks, bread, and more. And again, coming to from the Clark Ford Studio. Well, our Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. You call it. You ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Um, if you want to have some fun with Corey, you could ask him about today's Adam Carolla show. It was pretty funny. Um, the guy from the Babylon Bee, they played a little um, They played a little game about spinning the wheel. I was laughing out loud as I was walking in my neighborhood listening to it. And I called Corey, and he happened to have just finished listening to it. And so we shared a, oh, really? we shared a giggle because we're both Corolla fans. And uh, anyway, uh, you can ask him about that. Then you can ask him for a quote, and he'll send it to you within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. Shop that quote around. Do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Ben Mintz. Other guests join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to uh, grab a burger, a po' boy. Uh, they got great appetizers, great beer selection, full bar, and more. I know at Friday nights it kind of becomes a college crowd. Uh, sun- Saturday nights kind of becomes a college crowd. But before that, go in, enjoy, make a stop at uh, Rafters on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. Chase was mentioning all of the content on the site. There is a lot up today. Let's see. We've got uh, Butcher versus the Spin Instructor. That's brought to you by LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. The freshest cuts at uh, LB's, whether it's steak, chicken, pork, house-made sausages, seafood, uh, stuffed jalapenos, stuffed mushrooms, bacon-wrapped asparagus, plate lunches, the works. They've got it at um, LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Uh, Campbell McCready has a one-game lead over Greg Jones going into week number two. So that competition very much up in the air in uh, entering week two. We've got Pete's uh, pigskin preview with Pete DeWeese up on the site as well as he reviews Ole Miss and Troy. Get you ready for Ole Miss and Central Arkansas. That's brought to you by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. Walk-On's Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, and voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Visit them today in Oxford or Ridgeland. Uh, Tyler Siski and I recorded McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel, earlier today as well. That's up where you get podcasts, or it's up on Spotify. We're hoping that by... The next little bit, it'll be up. By the time you hear this, we're hoping or see this or whatnot. We hope it's up on Apple. We're having Apple problems. We're not alone. Other uh, podcasts are having Apple issues as well. Does that make you feel better? No, uh, it does not. Um, It's kind of like when you came home from school and you said, Mama made a D on the test. And she said, why'd you make a D? said, everybody made a D. The worst damn thing you could say is, well, uh, Kevin made made a D. That did not go well. I learned quickly that was not a sufficient answer. Even like, what percentage would it take to make a D? There is no percentage. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. You made a D. That's all that really matters. It's all that matters. I guess it's a good point. If our show's not up, I really don't give a damn if if, it's... Does it matter? Does it matter to you if, 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 what's his name, (laughs) Collins' show isn't up? I don't even know his name. He just cheered me in the thing. Cheered me. Yeah, he cheered me. 
I've gotten cheered, and he probably would enjoy some emojis and things if he had the options for some different cheers. I would. Think. I think. I think he right. I, I have a feeling that he and I might be kindred spirits, <laughs> and his his emojis might be similar to mine. I have a feeling he's not into nudging. He's into shoving. Okay. Um. So no, it does mean no good that other podcasts are down. Also, doesn't help me a bit. Point. And when Carly Ann comes home and says, Daddy, I, I failed the test, does it make it any better that little Johnny failed the test too? I mean, tell me. Probably not. She can't get into college by going, Well, Johnny sucked too. That's not going to pull it off, is it? How old is, how old is she? Well, she's only six. I mean, we got to. Well, no, I'm trying to think. Well, in 12 years, if we keep on this pace, yeah, that might work. Oh, like, <laughs> that might get her in. <laughs> I see Here. her. I see her. See her D. Well, but. <laughs> Kevin and Jen had 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 a D two. That's a great point. Okay, we're sorry. We hope we're not triggered. Uh, the teacher gave me a D, and I'm triggered. Well, then we give you an A. Would that would that make you less triggered? It would. Okay, here's your A. Um, anyway, that's up as well. Uh, Mind on my money is up. It's brought to you by Pinnacle, mypinwealth.com. If you're tired of trying to manage your 401k and other things on your own. Go to uh, Martin Palomo and the people at Pinnacle, mypinwealth.com. I think that covers what we've done today. Is that it? I think so. You're having a beer, no honey and water or anything to kind of keep the the, 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 the larynx going okay? No, I'm good. Uh, I uh, You start the Thursday show pretty high energy. And I'm and still that, pretty high yeah. energy. Um, well, I had a had a rain at 2 oh, o'clock. Well. <laughs> Woo! You're ready to go. Person through your veins. What flavor, Joe? Uh, what could I have today? Uh, the, the the sherbet. The rainbow sherbet. Okay. Which is good. It's kind of orangey. What's your favorite? You know, my favorite is the uh, the high octane one that tastes like fruit punch. Uh, the red dragon. I think that's my favorite. I how, like, how are you on fruit punch as a flavor in general? Love it. Oh, you do really? Oh, it's yeah. one of my least favorite like artificial oh, really? flavors. Oh, yeah. 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 Love it. I mean, I haven't had it in a gazillion I'd years. I'd rather have orange or strawberry or watermelon or... Yeah, I like orange. I like... See, I like lemon. I like grape. I like lemon. Yeah. Banana, of I course. I don't like watermelon. I don't flavor. like grape artificial flavor because it doesn't actually taste like grape. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's, you're right. And I don't really like the taste of grapes, per se, although unless they're fermented... <laughs> At which point I like them a lot. I read it. This might not be true at all. So this is one of those where the podcast tomorrow is going to be like, yeah, you're an idiot. This isn't true. I'm, going, I'm admitting right now it's not true. I read somewhere that when artificial grape, this is true, uh, or at least that I read it. I don't know if it's true or not. I read somewhere that artificial flavoring for grape, when it became a thing years ago, whenever that was, that I guess we had a different strain of grape that we got back then uh-huh. and it actually tasted much more likely that they based it off that flavor but at some point the way the grapes are grown or matriculated into america that we are used to for our grapes the flavor has actually changed over the years which has put it farther away from or further away from whatever that original flavor was well, that's interesting ago. yeah so did wine taste different years I, ago than it does now today? you want to go back and go well, what did that wine taste like i mean yeah I'm now I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah, I like strawberry flavoring a lot. Like like those kind of like these those flavored sodas, like a strawberry soda or something was a kid. I mean, something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm in. But I, I didn't like the knee high. I didn't like the grape. 
or not new grape, not knee high is not that's peach. Uh, new grape, yeah, not a fan. Yeah, Siski says it's cherry flavored, but I think it's more fruit. You punch. think it's fruit punch? I do. I mean, those are kind of similar. It's similar, but it's not. But the cherries same. are better flavor to me. <laughs> grape talk. Let's party. I mean, if you want hardcore football, we've got it all up and down it just the side. Is not here. I mean, it's everywhere. It, it, this is it's typically it's not, not here. here. Although we're about to give you some with Ben in a minute. So NFL, some mostly. college, but most mostly NFL. So this is Tariko and Collinsworth with the NBC. Okay. So they'll do a game Wearing tonight. Purple ties, and they'll do a game. Is that for? Uh, is that for the Queen? Oh, maybe. I don't know. You think so? I don't know. Probably. Did you watch much of the coverage of that today? Watch some. I've read a lot. Um, I'm not somebody who does a ton of royal family kind of whatever, but her life is fascinating yes. and amazing, and the strain of decades that she has been such a huge piece of history in is phenomenal. It, it really is. It's 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 remarkable when you dive into her life. Her first trip to America as the monarch. President Eisenhower invited her to the White House. President Eisenhower. I he was the one before Kennedy, for those who don't aren't familiar with American history. I believe I read somewhere that she has gone through 15 prime ministers and she has met all but one U.S. president since 1952. Which one did she not meet? I don't know. I know I she met Kennedy because she was enamored with Jackie Kennedy. I don't know. Think about that for a minute. She was invited as the Queen of England yeah. to the White House with Dwight Eisenhower as president. He was the president who preceded John Kennedy, who was murdered some 59 it's years ago. 60 years. 59 years ago. That is remarkable. What an incredible yeah. life. SPD said she met with Truman. Yes, she met Ford because Memphis Rebel says, did she meet Ford? She did meet Ford because she and Ford very famously danced at the White House. I, yeah, that, that, that is. When she was coronated, Neville Chamberlain was the prime minister. Is that right? Wow. And then it was uh, Winston Churchill who she was most famous for their, her relationship with him during World War II. She was. Isn't that correct? No, no that's she, not correct. Because she, she's fifty-two, I believe, is when she went in, right? Okay. Yeah, fifty-two, because she just did her uh, platinum jubilee, which was seventy years as the monarch. Okay. So she went in as fifty-two. Incredible. Yeah, CBS News here has a story. It's Queen Elizabeth's storied history of meeting U.S. presidents. I know she met Reagan because she. So my was, number's a little high. Thirteen American presidents. Oh, no, I, I, there wasn't a number. Yeah, thirteen American presidents. She, uh, she, and Reagan have that photo where they're riding horses together in England, I believe. She has a picture with Eisenhower in Scotland. Kennedy went to England to meet her. Oh, really? Yes. She met Trump. Yeah, she met Trump. They she, were at Windsor Castle in this picture. Her Obama. last trip to the U.S., it was Obama was in the White House. Carter, both Bushes, Reagan on the horse. It's not telling me who she has not met during this period, but I saw on t on somewhere today that there is one 
which process elimination. Spoke. I mean, you would think over the course of eight years she would have met Clinton. Yeah, she did meet Clinton. I've okay. seen a picture of them together. I know she met Clinton. She met both Bushes. She met Obama, Trump. She's met Biden. So who are we missing? She met then? Ford. She met Carter. So someone's saying Lyndon Johnson, which would make sense. Because I, I met, don't have a Lyndon Johnson. She met Kennedy. So it is Lyndon Johnson. That would be. Because that's the only one left. We, we, she we, met Reagan. We went through the right, rest of them. Right. Okay, so it's Lyndon Johnson. So since Harry S. Truman. Yeah. She has met every president but Lyndon Johnson. What an incredible. Oh, my. Yeah, what an incredible spot in history. She lives to that age. Philip died at 99. Yeah. He died a year ago, right? 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read that since they called it like Project Unicorn or something since she was not, since she did not pass away in England, um, there's a different protocol. I think Charles is, was supposed to speak to the country at some point in the, in the first 24 hours and then is being officially coronated yeah, or whatever that word is tomorrow though he became king the moment she right, died but the ceremony or right. whatnot and then her funeral will be on day 10 after her death she will lie in state um for 10 days yeah 23 hours a day viewing possibilities for the public is that right yes 23 hours a day that's the way i understood i understood it and then funeral on the 10th day yes can you imagine the security for that funeral? All the current and former heads of state from all of these from countries. Every, I mean, yeah. That list will be. How many of the former presidents will go? Carter's probably not in health enough to go. It's hard to say because I don't, it, it, without knowing kind of what her relationship was or wasn't with so many of them. I mean, that, that's an impossible question, but five. Bush, Obama, Clinton. Well, I say five. Hell, there's only a couple living. I don't know Does why I'm doing Trump that. got his passport back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm being stupid with numbers. I'm not really thinking. Yeah, I would expect Bush, Clinton, and Obama to be there. That'd be my guess. Yeah, so never mind. Four. Let's take a break in the podcast to tell you about Johnston Hill Creamery. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com. They do the small batch artisanal cheese in-house every single day. Stop in, try it out. You will love it. Plenty of different condiments, accompaniments that go with that as well. The pepper jelly, they've got feta dip that is outstanding. They can do charcuterie trays and much more, including planning for your tailgate. Still a lot of home games left this season, so let Johnson Hill Creamery help you out with that. They feed 10, 20, or 40, depending on how many people are in your tailgate. Tons of different options, crudite desserts. I mentioned their cheeses, their uh, the meats that they have in stock as well. So many great things there at Johnston Hill Creamery. Also, they uh, they cater weddings, showers, whatever it is. They're in that business too. Now, that's 662-419-9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark. That's N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite the 100 Mbps or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender if you need that extra stuff, but you probably want. So again, that is nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Primeshrimp.com, Prime Shrimp. 
you know that you can, uh, if you're a first time customer, $20 off with Prime Shrimp. That's code MPW to take advantage of that. They've got six day, six different frozen flavors for you, including their most recent lemon cracked pepper. It's a versatile, it's an all around option. It's great on salads. It's great um, with maybe a side of steak. I mean, so many different things to do with lemon cracked pepper. Also with their signature seasoning, that's my favorite. They've got a spicy option. They also have the full meals in a bag. It's the garlic herb butter, the French Quarter Alfredo, pasta, rice, vegetables, whatever you want to do with it, it's right there. They ship it straight to your door within 10 minutes. Freezer to plate with you for primeshrimp.com. Again, code MPW for $20 off your first order. Then last but definitely not least, G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. I use it all the time. Don't worry about going to the pharmacy. They bring it to me. They'll do that for you too. Again, 662-236-2222. That's Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. That's GNM here in Oxford as well. And they offer MedSync. If your prescription's the same day each month, so you get everything you need same day when you need it. One stop, one delivery, all that you uh, require, you get it with GNM. Again, 662-236-2222. I don't know who that is singing the national anthem. Do you? Um, Pop culture is not my realm. Uh, no, it is not likely that Prince Harry ever becomes the king. No, the the line of secession does not. It's uh because it goes it goes to William and then his kids. Yeah, Prince William will become king after King Charles. Yes. kicks it. Yeah, and then if something happened to him prior, it will go down the line, not to Harry and down. Right. Which I guess with the current situation, it wouldn't anyway, but... It would go to William's kids? Yes, that is the way I understand. Because okay. it, it stays it stays through his bloodline down, not the brother is the way I understood it. Didn't the brother give up his... That's what I'm saying. He yeah. wouldn't be anyway. Right. Yeah, that is correct. He sacrificed it for what's your name? Yeah. Meghan Markle? Uh-huh. What if he thinks that was worth it now? You questioning that? Well, he wouldn't be the, he wouldn't be the king anyway. He wasn't in the line. Of I mean, he could have knocked if he'd stayed in line. He could have knocked at this point. He could have knocked his brother off and gotten in line. Oh well, not since the they don't has seem kids. that close. Um, it also I don't know how old I don't know who's <laughs> William's kids. I don't know what order they're in because it they changed it in the last few years. It can also go through females as well. So like Caroline can assume the queenship. Um, as a as, as a fully reigning queen. Okay. Um, Caroline is is William's, William's daughter. Daughter, I think. She, I, if I'm wrong, the oldest is a boy, right? I believe so. Yeah. Again, if I'm wrong, guys, I'm 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 spitballing here. I'm doing the best I can. This is not my my strong suit. Um, but I read just enough to be dangerous today. Like they're bringing out the rock to. What are we doing? We officially... we had the national anthem like twenty minutes ago, didn't we? Are they singing something twenty minutes? Hey ago? man, I just got stuff on TVs. I, what are we doing? I, I, I don't know what you expect from me. I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing the best I can right now. Yes, she has absolutely met Biden. The Rams did go with road unis at home, so the Bill Bills went blue, blue pants. They screwed it up on you. <sighs> Makes me glad I didn't bet on them. Could have just gone with the white pants, which is such a good look. And instead, they went blue pants, like a big blue. I wonder whose decision that is in the NFL. Who chooses the uniform? Starting pitcher. Well, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the Rams went with their best. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, their, that's their look. Got no issue with that. No, I have no problem. But I don't like the blue pants. Put the white pants on and we've got a uniform game. I've got a, I mean. Oh, I mean, just. we got to take a moment of silence. So you picking the Bills to win this game? 
Uh, I kind of think the Rams are going to win it, but I don't know why. Did you have a big day? What'd you do? Um, no, I I felt. I mean, today's the first day I feel normal. I'm, I, I finished the book, so I'm. I'm oh, are you I, done? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not out, but yes, but I it's have, out of your hands. I, I am done writing. I have to run through it and edit. Like when I get the proof back, but no, I'm all the writing is 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 done. Um. So yeah, it's. When'd you finish? Yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Maybe two days ago. I don't know. It's all running together, but something like that. Yeah, there at the end, I hated it. I, I I could tell my writing had gotten worse, and I was just sick of it and just make it go away. And it was bothering me because I'd left, just by function, I had left the third chapter for the end because I knew I didn't like, like that chapter and there was nothing I really wanted to do in it. So it just kind of sat there. So I like stared at it for like a month going, I got to write that chapter, and I don't want to write and so that it chapter. got your worst writing. Oh, it was terrible. And then part of me is like, shit, that's chapter three, too. It's like yeah. early when they're yeah, still little. getting into it a little bit. I'm like, can y'all just skip over to like chapter 11? It's, it's kind of like Iowa's there. offense. You punt on third down. Well, and I mean, everybody knows the story of the thing, too. It's kind of like, hey, they got to get the help out of them for a little while to get to the other part. Yeah. You know? So it's a little bit of – you got to read through some losses to to get to the, the, the stuff you guys want to see, which is not completely chronological, but – yeah, no, it's fine. It's all good. Um, like I said, I, I think it. I think just worker in general. I think it's maybe better. I mean, I, time wise, understanding what busy looks like. I mean, I, I do. I, I kind of feel different. I'll be honest. Um, I think it's changed me. I mean, seriously, made you more efficient. Yeah, I mean, I think in that way. I mean, I think completing a project of that length. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff. I mean, frankly, I'm not sure that. And we don't do enough of it. We don't write a ton of long-form stuff, but I think it made me a better writer. I think I got deep into it and kind of realized I was recognizing things, when to be a little shorter, when to be a little yeah. whatever. I, I think it did. I think I improved um, in, in multiple ways with it. Yeah, I mean, I think this job's made me a worse writer. Because well, we don't do a lot of big source, big stuff. Yeah. Frankly, because rep even reporting is kind of, okay, we'll make a message board post. It's not, hey, how do we really delve right. this well, and I, I just don't know that that's what people want. Because I've done feature stories of good length, and you know, in the last year or so. I mean, we did Mark, Mark Robinson. We've done we've done we've done good stuff like that. But I don't know that I've like really investigated in reporting anything since Boyce was hired. That might be the last time I wrote the really long thing that also took a lot of reporting with it. Where it wasn't like, hey, let me talk to the mom and the kid, yeah, grab sure. some stats. Where it was like, no, like let's dig. Right. I think it's been since Boyce there. So we're talking fall of 19, three, almost three years, because Boyce was hired, yeah, fall of 19. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I did long-form reporting. I've written long-form features, but I don't yeah, know when I've done coaching searches, I guess. But even that's different. Yeah, because you're not – you're not putting it all into a 2,500-word, 4,000-word story where you're yeah. really going at it. It's been a long time since I was in Mobile, probably. Because if it's really good breaking news, it's like, okay, i got to get up on the board. Right. Let's let people know. Right. All right, now we'll go from there. That's Yeah, I don't – I still think I'm a decent reporter, but I don't I don't know that I'm a decent I – don't, I don't even I – don't, I don't know where I'd put my writing anymore. I, it's not. It's not good. It used to be fairly good. I don't you think it's gotten weaker. Oh, I know it has. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It's like anything else. I mean, if you if you don't practice something, it gets worse. If you don't lift weights, you get weaker. If you don't keep running, you lose your conditioning. 
Yeah, of course. If you don't keep writing, you, your writing deteriorates. Sure. Because there's a rhythm you have to keep up. There is a, yeah. there's a, well, and you know, and let I me, mean, come on, you know, you write like recruiting crap. That's not, that's not, it's not writing. I, I know that's what fans want and stuff, but that's not, there's no writing involved in that. Not a lot of reporting involved in that. It's just kind of, I mean, frankly, it's kind of trash journalism. I mean, if we're just being honest, I, I realize people want to read about a kid that commits to whatever and we write it and we'll continue to write it, but it's, it's not from a journalism standpoint, it's not exactly fulfilling work. Right, you're not getting a lot out of it in no way whatsoever. And so, you know, in the way that the way that access is done now, frankly, where we drop well, this is complicated. <laughs> the stories that would be fulfilling to go right, yeah, are stories about like where you'd get tons of access, where you could really sit down and talk to somebody. Like, there's a story that I would love to write right now, and I might get to write it at some point. It's going to take some time. And it would take some travel and it would take some reporting. But there, there's some, there are always stories like with soccer and sports like that where you get tons of access, softball, things like oh, that. Sure. But there's not a lot of mass appeal to that. Oh, sure, you'd get the 15, 20 people that are like, oh, that was a great story. But then you'd look at the analytics on that story and realize that most people didn't read it. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And so then you, you weren't exactly being efficient with your time as opposed to, some of the stuff we write over the course of, well, like, for here's an example. What's one of the most read things we do all week? Snap counts. There's no writing in it. Literally. It takes 10 minutes. And that's like, what, and that's, who played how many snaps? And they immediately noticed that you left out Michael Trigg. Yeah. Oh, where's Trigg? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me. So the interaction <laughs> on that story, <laughs> I'm not making fun either. No, I just I, I just notice it. Like, you left out Michael Trigg. I did. And they immediately, where the hell's Trigg? Within like three minutes. It yeah. was like. Where's Taiwan Malone? Did he not play? Well? I mean, it, that's, so the interaction on that story is off the charts. Because I love the interaction, but my favorite thing is like, oh, what about so-and-so? He didn't play. I saw him. He was on special teams. I don't have, like, I'd have him, but it, he didn't play offense. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Bills in the end zone, first drive of the season. Oh, because like Brandon Mack didn't play. No, well, I, and that I, was a story. I told I mean, you about this. Demon Clowney didn't play. Those guys were off the field. Yeah, they didn't go shake hands. They didn't stay for like the little half half Everybody, half uh, field prayer yeah. stuff thing. No, 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 they're gone. They were pissed. I mean, what I <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, those are your early uh, candidates for the transfer portal. Well, first thought. My first thought. Now and, is, and look, they play the position that Corey Coleman did a hell of a job at. Yeah. So I mean, you would kind of like too. Sure. I mean, because he did all that havoc. Speaking of snap counts, in thirty nine snaps. Right. Leif says Kentucky Sports Radio said that Kentucky is holding Chris Rodriguez out due to the NCAA rumors. He skipped out on an. NIL appearance that was tied to the university. Yeah, hmm. that's what I heard. I heard NIL. Well, there you go. Yeah, I heard he was balking on NIL quid pro quos. So many players. This is a potential problem for so many schools. So many players don't want NIL. They want pay for play. They just want to get paid. Yeah, sure. They don't want to do anything. And technically, you have to do something. 
It's one of the reasons I've been kind of reluctant to, not kind of reluctant, I've been over the top reluctant to get involved in it because some of the stuff that's going on everywhere is basically a violation of NIL language. I mean, I feel good about what we do because there's a work product. It's, it's 100% right, right there. It's right there. Like, you see it with your own eyes. You can hear it with your ears. It's right there. There's Prices make sense. Everything's cool. Everything's done. 100%, I'm, I'm good. We could argue market value all day long. Oh, I could have a Bye. detailed conversation about market value. Yeah. But I don't know. There's your journalism <laughs> thing for the day. <laughs> no, it's... Well, look, people want information. Don't get me wrong. They want stories. They want, I mean, I, I think there's still a market for long form. You just got to pick your spots. Got to be the right thing. You got to, you got to know what in your head that makes sense. You do. You got to have time to do it. Brian's story on Jackson Dart was red like it, crazy. It was great. You know? Yeah. Randall Joyner's wife, red like crazy. Yeah. Mark Robinson, red really heavily. I mean, like I said, there's a story that I have in mind, but it would require at least a couple of days of travel. Oh, really? Yeah, and it would require some deep reporting. Some I'd have to talk to do it the way I'd like to do it. I'd have to really dig in on it, and I think it would be really good. And I, I probably would really enjoy it. But given the way that our business model is, I mean, I'd have to wait and do it in December. Is that is that a time where it would still be good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I could still do it. As long as Ole Miss went to a bowl game. Oh, if they don't. Yeah, and I could publish it the week of a bowl game, and it would probably be really good. And it, if I did it right, it probably would win awards and stuff. If I nominate, if I put it up for awards, and I probably we don't really do because I don't care. But yeah, but it would take work, and it would mean it would just be different. I don't know. Maybe one day. So the Rams get their first possession of the season starting at their own 17, down 7 nothing. Matthew Stafford supposedly fully healthy and ready to go. Henderson from Memphis gets the first carry of the season for the Rams. He a Mississippi kid? He is. It's Apanola. Oh, that's right. Huh. <laughs> Sometimes you make mistakes. <laughs> he, he, he and Gennard Avery raising hands right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jannard's still in the league. Is he? I think so. Okay. Uh, who'd they take instead of Henderson? And now, look, he had no SEC offers. I'm not even really making fun. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I can't remember. As the Brits would say, I'm taking a piss a little bit. But, like, it's – it's. I can't remember who all they took. I don't even know what year that was. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. But he's in the backfield for the Super Bowl champs, so. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> it went okay. <laughs> the rest of the SEC made a mistake, too. I wonder how many Bills fans are there. It's got to be a ton. Oh, I'm sure. Tons. I'm sure they made an event out of that out of that week. Is that – Buffalo's a top three home game that you might want to go to, right? Yeah. Top five for sure. No, top three. Yeah, I'd like to go there. I'd like to go – it might be top one. I mean, you've done Lambeau. I've done Lambeau. I've done Kansas City. Which is a good one. It's great. That's a good one. It's great. Done New Orleans, which is obviously one of the best ones. I mean, Seattle is loud. Yeah, I've heard they, their fans cheer. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I want to go to Seattle, though, for that. I don't. The Seahawks, I don't think, make my list. For a big game, I think Denver would be cool. Denver would be cool. I've I've done Houston, done Cleveland. I mean Vegas is probably neat now. The Raiders. Was, Vegas is probably pretty cool for a football for a home game. People are still not covering Cooper Cup. Where else have I been? I've been to a bunch of places. I've been to the Minnesota, but to the old arena or stadium, Indianapolis. But that was the old one. I haven't been to Lucas Oil. Been to Chicago, Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch. Uh, Grind's with me on Kansas State covering them. Hoping that's the case. A lot of people telling me I'm way off on that one, so who knows. Did you see my Iowa stat today? Did you hear my Iowa stat? But it wasn't – do we know what the actual true stat is? Yeah, I gave it to you. You about the 6-0-4 thing? Uh Uh-huh. Well, what the other part of it was wrong. So somebody had said there was only been one other team ever that a team had won, and that's not correct. So no, it's not that. It's it's it is the Iowa part is correct though. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Since eighteen ninety seven, teams whose offense gained less than one hundred and seventy yards and did not score four plus offensive points, according to this, now the the, the record might be wrong, but it was seven. And seventeen thousand four hundred fifty-six and four. 
Yeah, that's what I was telling you. We found one more in addition to the seven, okay. we being the internet, not okay. me. So maybe there's one more, but regardless, Iowa owns six of those. Yale in 1903 beat Providence YMCA three to nothing. Iowa is 6-0-4 oh, in games where they put up those numbers. The rest of the country has a .0057 winning percentage. How about that? Of course. Go Hawkeyes. Of course. Well, sure. Look, they did They did have a W on Saturday. They did win the game. They won the game. Look. They won the game. I think that's what their Twitter account said was we won. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, listen. Houston Nut would say there's nothing like a celebrated locker room. Never take a win for granted. W. Never take a win an for granted. An ugly win's a lot damn better than a, and, and a pretty loss any day of the week. That's what he'd say. There's no such thing as an ugly win. Yeah. No such thing. <laughs> nothing like a celebrated locker room. You barely beat Central Arkansas. Ah. Nothing like a celebrated locker room. Ooh. Oh, they went for it and didn't get it. No, they oh, they got scored down now. Okay. See, even the Rams punt. Why is everybody picking on Iowa for punting? They do. Even the Rams punt. McVay got a new deal today. Sneed did too, the GM. Yeah. Well, win a Super Bowl, get rewards. That's how it works. I mean, Mickey Loomis still riding that bad boy in New Orleans. Yeah. All these years. He's done a good job. He did. They had a good run. All right. Uh, we'll go to. We'll go to uh, Ben Mintz before the NFL season gets too long. We'll uh, we'll dive into Ben, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to you guys. Here's Ben Mintz on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Ben Mintz from Barstool uh, joins us. Been a little while, Ben. How you been? I'm doing good. Just uh, excited like you are that football season started. And, you know, th- this week, NFL week one, we're hitting week two of college football. I thought we had some – you know, really good college football week one matchups too. A lot of crazy games and finishes last week. And so, I mean, you're obviously in this business like I am. This is what it's all about the next few months. So uh, let's get it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So first, we'll get to we'll get to the NFL in a minute. We'll get to some college. I'm asking you a couple of college games that I'm curious about. Uh, but first, you, what were your thoughts week one from what you saw from Ole Miss? I uh, love, love the way the defense is flying to the ball. I know Troy's not like some top offense. But I thought the defense looked tremendous uh, in the first half. You know, held to 111 yards in the first half. Overall, I was really happy with that. Uh, you know, I had high hopes for the offensive line in the running game. Certainly, Zach Evans looked great. The running back depth looked really good. You know, Jackson Dar- Jackson Dart was about what I expected him to be. You know, I think he's it's going to be a work in progress. He's young. You know, he made a few mistakes. He made a couple good throws. He made a couple good runs with his legs. But, you know, overall, a little up and down. But luckily for Ole Miss, I mean, I hate to sound like this, but September kind of feels like preseason, doesn't it? Yeah, when for you look sure. At the schedule, I mean, uh, such a weak schedule, the first four games, to try to get this thing sorted out. But I was overall very encouraged, especially by how fast the defense looked. Uh, I really like the speed. Yeah, I, I've said this all along that if you if you inverse inverted Ole Miss's schedule, I'd be really worried for them because I, I don't know that they're ready right now for the second half. But they don't have to. They they the way that the way it shakes out, they have a little time to kind of iron some things out, figure some things out, and then obviously come October, it's going to get different. But it's like that for everybody when the SEC rolls around, it gets hard. You were speaking of SEC. You were at uh, the LSU game in New Orleans on uh, Sunday night. Uh, I guess first, what was the atmosphere at the end of that game, which seemed kind of crazy, and then 
Secondly, there's you and I were talking about this right before we got started. There's this narrative that people are trying to create. And look, it might end up being right. Maybe Brian Kelly doesn't work at LSU over the long haul. I don't know. But people saying that now, it just I, I, I hear that and go, wait, what makes you what makes you jump to that conclusion this early in the game? I've got a few thoughts on uh, what happened Sunday. First of all, LSU didn't have any business having any chance to win that game at all. They muffed two punts inside their own 20, and Florida State got no points off that. And right before the half, they stopped them on a fourth down. And then that sequence at the end of the game, I mean, LSU stops them to get the ball back down seven. They muffed that punt, and Florida State somehow fumbles a direct snap to their running back. When all They could have kneeled and kicked a field goal, and the thing was over. Uh, and then LSU gets a 99-yard touchdown drive only to have a blocked extra point to end it. I mean, Neil, I've been watching football 35 years. That was one of the craziest ending sequences I've ever seen, not to mention the untimed down that LSU scored on. Uh, so that just whole thing was nuts. Some thoughts on Sunday. thought Florida State's fan base really showed out in the Superdome. thought, you know, I'll just say it. I thought LSU's fan base was real soft considering the thing was in, at home in New Orleans for LSU. Really? What do you make yeah, of that? What do you attribute that to? I think there were about 60. I thought it was going to be 75, 25 LSU in there, and it was 60, 40. I mean, Florida State's fans are proud of it. I mean, I, I know LSU may have not looked great, but in the fourth quarter, they scored to make it a seven-point game, and there's no energy in the LSU section. I mean, say what you will about LSU, but, like, you know, the passion of the fan base, good or bad, was really never questioned that much <laughs> for a long time. And, you know, you're starting a new era in New Orleans an hour from Baton Rouge. I couldn't believe that I thought it was that week. Uh, I was shocked, to be honest. You know, um, you can have a couple of bad years, or in this, in their case, just one really bad year, and people, people can kind of well, two bad years. People can kind of lose it a little bit. It takes a minute to get it back when you've you you've taken some lumps for a couple of years, and it's not always it's not always guaranteed that you get it back then. I just thought Brian Kelly starting a new era in New Orleans in a national game on Sunday night against Florida State. I thought that's a spot where the fan base would show out. Uh, that's 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 my uh, my personal thoughts, but what what, what do I know? Um, but but a big win for Florida State. I, the, the Kelly thing. I want to touch on that. Look, LSU dressed out thirty six players in the Texas Bowl. I mean, you know, you can't. I mean, it's one game. You got to give Brian Kelly time. I don't think you can, you know, put put all that on him. I think the panicking after one game is is crazy. All right, let's talk some of the games this weekend, just a handful of them. I will get to some NFL stuff with you in a minute because I do want to get your NFL thoughts as we people are watching this live on a watching this on Thursday night as the NFL season gets started. They'll be hearing it on Friday before uh, the full slate of NFL games. We hadn't talked a lot of NFL this week on on our podcast. Uh, but there's some really intriguing college football games here in week two that I think might tell us a lot about individual teams. It might tell us a lot about leagues a little bit. I'm curious to get your thoughts on them. Um, yes, there here, are some good Here's one that I'm actually really interested in. We haven't talked about it at all, but Missouri at Kansas State. This is going to give you a little bit of an idea about the middle of the of the of the Big 12, and I think it's going to give you an idea about the depth or lack thereof of the SEC. Like if Missouri goes into Manhattan and and comes out with a win, you got to go, hey, man, the SEC might be deeper than it's been in a long time. And on the flip side, if they get popped, it might tell you a little bit more about the the meat of the Big 12, and it might show you that, there, no, there are going to be some dogs in the SEC. 
I, I lean Missouri plus seven and a half here. Kansas State's notorious for playing close games as underdogs or as favorites. I don't trust Adrian Martinez. He threw for like 53 yards last week. You know, you look at his career at Nebraska, he doesn't take care of the football. And I think Missouri's got a really underrated defensive line this year. They've got a lot of seniors on there. they got NFL talent. I kind of feel like this is one of those games that's going to go to the wire either way. So I'll be taking Missouri in seven and a half. Okay, interesting. Um, what do you make of Alabama and Texas? Did Texas have any chance at all to keep this thing competitive? I don't think so because, like, Texas is starting, what, three true freshmen on the offensive line? I, I, I do think Texas had a really good recruiting class, but you're throwing out those 18-year-old freshmen. I, I just think it's asking a little too, too much. I mean, maybe they backdoor cover, but I can't see how they compete. I mean, 20 and a half is a lot, but, I mean, I'm Alabama passing in this one. <laughs> Interesting game uh, in Fayetteville. Two teams kind of middle of the pack SEC teams. Arkansas's really done well for a year and a half. South Carolina's got some momentum with Shane Beamer. It's an eight and a half point line, is what I see. This is an 11 a.m. game on on ESPN. What do you make of the Gamecocks and the and the? Razorbacks? I actually have a strong opinion on Arkansas in this game. I think South Carolina's been a very public. You know, it came up on Pick Central today, and everybody was talking about South Carolina. I don't believe in Spencer Rattler. You know, I know he's got the arm and all the you know, attributes the scouts like, but I got to see more consistency from him. And I think Arkansas is a lot more tough, a tougher in the trenches in South Carolina on both sides of the ball. And the fact that they put that line at nine, I think they're baiting people to take South Carolina. I think Arkansas is going to smash them, to be honest. Tennessee heads to Pittsburgh, four and a half point favorite. The Vols, I'm high on them. I, I'm, I'm higher than most people, I think. I think they're a potentially dynamic offense. Pittsburgh, uh, got, oh, got got escaped against West Virginia, got the win. What do you make of this game at, at Pitt? I can't figure this one out, to be honest. Uh, Tennessee, I like their offense. I think Hooker is really playing well in Josh Heupel's system. Pitt did escape. Pitt's offense looked really weird. You know, they were going under center some. They were shotgun some. They kind of never really felt like they were in a rhythm, even though Slovis did make some good throws. I mean, I guess I lean Tennessee if anybody here. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's pretty good this year, though, too. I mean, I think they're going to be like eight and four. Um, but this is one, this is probably a stay away from me on the road. I'm really curious to get your thoughts here. Kentucky's at Florida. This is a, a game between two good quarterbacks that NFL people will watch. That There will be a ton of NFL scouts in uh, in the swamp on, on Friday, on Saturday night to watch the, uh, Richardson and to watch Will Levis. Kentucky's a five point underdog at uh, Florida. Man, I, I was big. I had Florida last week against Utah. I was all, and granted, I mean, I'm acting like, oh, yeah, I won that game. Look at me. I mean, that game was a coin flip. Utah threw an interception in their end zone. Right. That game is a literal, it's one of those where you're like acting like I had the right side, but I mean, either team could have won very easily. Uh, but I, Richardson did impress me, and I'm, you know, from a Louisiana blood, I know all about Billy Napier. I think he's a hell of a coach, and I'm not surprised to see them have some success year one. This one just sets up kind of weird. Like, I feel like if Utah were to beat Florida, maybe I would have liked Florida more if the line was like two or three. But five seems like a lot. But Florida has a great home field advantage. The Will Levis thing, he's like hype, but I still have questions about him. I mean, I think, you know, he threw for over 200 yards in like one SEC game last year. But he's another one of those guys that's, you know, 6'3", 6'4", with the big arm that checks the boxes. I mean, I guess I'm Florida or pass here. I, I know that's kind of a weak answer, but I, I think this is what I'm going to sit back and watch too. As people watch this uh, Thursday night, 
the Rams and Bills are going to be getting started, kicking off an NFL season. The NFL, to its everlasting credit, they never they never disappoint. They they know how to schedule. They're going to put a great game on the opener. This is should be a really fun game. Before we get to the games, though, do you do you buy all of the Bills hype as a Super Bowl favorite? Is this the year of the Buffalo Bills, or do you see some flaws there? I think they're really good, but for every single analyst to pick them to win the Super Bowl, maybe a bit much. I do like the Vaughn Miller signing. There's a ton to like about their team. Josh Allen is one of the premier guys in the NFL. Uh, McDermott's a heck of a coach. They get Trey White back. He tore his ACL last year. I think he's a huge difference maker. I, I think they're really good, but for them to be the unanimous favorite is a lot. I mean, you look at this line. I mean, they're a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at the Rams. You'd think the Rams, the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl chance, would be a three-point favorite at home here. That's usually what happens in a game like this. The home team that's defending Super Bowl chance would be fair by three. So uh, I'm looking at the Rams plus two-and-a-half if anything in this game, uh, kind of because of that. Uh, I just feel like uh, I feel like Buffalo is maybe a little overvalued. The line looks a little ratty, but I do think the Bills are really good this year. I'm not saying that, but I just – I don't know. It's wild to me that Vegas has the power rated number one like that by that much. If people are looking for some bargains like here before the season starts to go, hey, here I'm going to put I'm going to put $100 on a team to win the Super Bowl. Is there Are there some bargains out there? Man, well, last year the Bengals obviously gave hope to the bargains out there in the world. For sure. Uh, I mean, like last year they certainly did. I mean, there were a few – Man, a lot of people are big on the Raiders this year as a longer shot. I'm not sure about that AFC West. I just think it's such a deep division. When you look at the quarterback play with Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Herbert, and Russell Wilson, I kind of think they're all going to beat each other up. The, the NFC is a little more wide open this year. You know, Green Bay losing Devontae Adams, Brady being a year or older. Tampa's got a ton of injuries on their offensive line already. I mean, they've – they really they, – they lost their best two guards last year. And then Ryan Jensen, their all-pro center, is already out for the year. Brady missed all that training camp. I feel like they might start a little slow. You know, how do the Rams come back? Uh, one team I'm looking at, they're 16-1. I don't know how Trey Lance is going to do this year. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm some Jedi. But I do know this. Kyle Shanahan's a hell of a football coach. And if he thinks Trey Lance is worth the number three overall pick at the draft, then – I mean, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. He almost won the Super Bowl, like made the NFC Championship last year with Garoppolo and made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and didn't really get a ton out of Garoppolo. Like, I don't know. What did you make of them? What did you make of them bringing Garoppolo back, though? Was that just them truly just a, a, an insurance policy, or did you view that as, oh, they just don't really like what they're seeing out of Lance? I'm going to say insurance policy, but I'm not totally sure on that front. Uh, I just know that when you look at the Niners, they, they know how to win playoff games. They have a great D-line. They're physical, and they run the ball. If Lance, you know what, let's say there's a 20 or 30% shot, Lance is awesome. If he actually is, though, they're going to be pretty pretty unstoppable. All right, let's run through some of these games. Tell me, just stop me when I get to one that you're like, oh, I like this as a play. Okay. We talked about Buffalo and the Rams on Thursday night. On Sunday, the uh, Ravens go to the Jets. The Ravens a seven-point uh, favorite uh, in New Jersey there against uh, a, a Jets team that's probably still a year or two away. Uh, Joe Flacco starting against the Ravens. I don't know if you saw that news today. Um, 
that's pretty – I can't see him beating the Ravens. I'm actually looking at under 44 and a half in this game. I think the Jets may come out and play hard on defense, but I just can't see Flacco uh, lighting Baltimore up. I don't think he's got it in him at this point. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at the under there. Uh, the Ravens are like 92% public, so I don't know if I can take them, but uh, I may take that under. All right, you got the Colts at Houston, and this is one that on, on paper I look at it and go, give me Indianapolis, I'll lay the seven. But the Colts have lost like six openers in a row. Something crazy like that. I saw the stat today, which doesn't mean anything, but kind of lent me some pause. And a seven-point line, seven-point favorite on the road is is a big number. Uh, anything about that game stick out? My one thing on this game is I can't believe Houston hired Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton like this is 20 years ago. You know, I just don't know. I mean, has Lovey evolved out of the Tampa too? Because that scheme's kind of dead in modern football. Um, so I don't really know what to expect on that, but I think this is just I'm going to sit back and see what happens here. I'm not, I don't have an opinion. All right, interesting when Mitch Trubisky gets the start for Pittsburgh against uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The Bengals a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home in a noon game on Sunday. Bengals have covered eight games in a row. They've covered the last four regular season games and all four playoff games. Still just weird. Those division matchups, six-and-a-half. Yeah. Six and a half ton in pro football. So, uh, I, I, I mean, I hate to sound like this is a cop out, but I would probably staying away from this one. Yeah, too. no, we're looking, we're looking for bargains, not looking for, uh, not looking to throw money away. Uh, the Bears are going to be bad. They get seven points though at home against the aforementioned Niners. Anything about that one stand out? It's an over under of only forty. Yeah, I'm Niners nothing on this. I do think the Bears are going to be bad. They hired Matt Eberflus, or I, believe, I say Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator. I don't know how he's going to be the guy that coaches Justin Fields up. I, I think the Bears could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. But like I said, the Trey Lance thing, what we, I mean, we just don't know what's coming here. So, I mean, I, I think the Niners win this game, um, but I just don't know. All right, here's, here's one that I really like. Tell me where I'm crazy. The Saints head to Atlanta as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't hate that play. I think the Saints are going to win, but the dang – I mean, the Saints and Falcons, the Dirty South rivalry, these teams hate each other so much. It's kind of one of those just big rivalry games where it's hard to lay a lot of points because you know how hard fought it's going to be. But I do think the Saints will win, and I'm very excited to see Alave play for the Saints. I think he's going to be you know, real, really, really good. Yeah, there's a part of me, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Louisiana in me. I don't think that's it, though, because I've been gone a long time, and I've never been a Saints guy. There's something about the Saints that I, I keep kind of circling back to and going, I'm not all in on Tampa, and I won't be surprised if the Saints make this a super competitive division. I took the Saints plus 340 to win the division. Uh, you mentioned a long, some of the long shot bets. I, I like what you said on that. The Bucs are over-favored. You know, both Carolina and Atlanta look pretty bad. So that was actually one of my plays this year was the Saints at plus 340 to win the yeah. South. See, that's a bargain. I, I like that. That's not bad at all. Um, uh, I, I tell you, another interesting game, there's going to be a lot of people who watched Hard Knocks on HBO who kind of not fell in love with, but really kind of liked the Detroit Lions, liked that show, kind of liked the culture that you saw. Uh, they're uh, playing the Eagles uh, in a noon game. The uh, Lions, a four-point underdog against the Philadelphia team that's starting to kind of get some betting momentum as the team to beat in the NFC East. Well, the Eagles beat – here's the thing. They played last year in like week four or five in Detroit. Philly beat them 47-6. to six. Uh, I 
I kind of like Philly here. I kind of, Neil, you mentioned it. I think the Lions are getting a little bit of America's team vibe from the hard knocks, and people may be wanting something that's not there, if that makes sense, I feel, I feel like. That does make sense. That's a really good point. I, I think I agree with you. As much as I want to see the Lions do well for the story, it's just it's still, still a lot of flaws on that team. All right, a game that I like. Talk me out of it, okay, because it's an NFC South game. I like the Panthers at home minus the one and a half against Cleveland. Tell me. I, I do. I do, too. I, I like it, too. I know everybody's going to make a big deal about Mayfield against Cleveland, but Carolina's the last few years, they get off to these, like, 3-0, 3-1 starts, and then they melt down. Uh, Cleveland, you know it's coming. They're just going to try to run the crap out of the ball with Brissett and Nick Chubb. I, I like Carolina here to win this thing, too. I think it's a good value at one and a half. I think they're going to pull this off. Another one that I don't hate, I'm not going to bet it because I just don't trust the quarterback, but I don't hate the Dolphins at home minus three and a half against the New England team that I think is being somewhat overvalued just because of reputation. Well, the other thing, too, if you look at New England's history in Miami, they play like crap down there all the time. I mean, they they have even the great Patriots teams lose in Miami. Uh, I'm Miami or past the only thing with Miami. A lot of weird stuff went on at the end of that Flores era last year, man. There was a lot of, I don't know what happened. I don't know all the details, but it was just a little odd. And then also this Tua hype machine. I've never really been the biggest on Tua in the NFL. And the, the hype on this Miami bunch is, is a lot. Uh, I, I question if Tyree Hill, I know the talent's there, but I feel like at some point there could be some kind of combustion in the locker room this year with him. Uh, if things don't go right. So I'm Miami or passing this one just because of how bad New England's played down there historically. Yeah, I think I'm pass. I'm I'm with you completely. Uh, This is one that I, 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 it's not going to be a good game, but from a betting standpoint, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued because I'm not completely out on Washington. And I don't know what I think about Jacksonville. Jacksonville heads to Washington as a two and a half point underdog. The uh, commanders, it still feels weird to say that giving two and a half at home, and I kind of like Washington here. I, I do like Washington in this game. Uh, I, I think this line's come down from four to two and a half. I think Washington this year, I don't I don't know how to say it, the good-bad team. They've got one of the weakest five schedules in the NFL. I think they have a chance to be a playoff team. Uh, I'm not saying they're great, but I think these are the kind of ugly games they can win. They've got a lot of talent in that front seven on defense. They're hard to block, and I, I like them in this game. I think Jacksonville will improve with Doug Peterson and Lawrence, but, yeah. I mean, remember how bad they were? I mean, they're number one pick last year, and they're only catching two and a half here. I think this is a little much. I, I, like, I like Washington in this game. It's, it is a indictment year one way or the other for uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants. They open in Nashville against the Titans. They get five and a half. It just feels like a little bit of a big number for some reason. I, I don't know why I'm not completely sold on on the Titans. I, I kind of picking the Colts to win that division. Um, this is a game I think I stay away from, though there's a part of me that looks at it and goes, ah, five and a half. I could see Tennessee blowing them out in week one. I got, I'm going Giants to points here. Oh. Uh, I think look at ten, and I like Tennessee, but man, Tennessee is just notorious for playing. Like when they're a big favorite, they play close games against people good and bad. They they play up and down, and uh, I think this is going to be a game that goes to wire. I feel like I could see Tennessee win this by field goal a whole bunch, but I think the Giants are going to fight them week one, and I'm going to take the points here. Got a handful, including that one, a handful of really entertaining 325 games. The Chiefs at Arizona, Patrick Mahomes and company giving six to the Cardinals. Uh, it's a Cardinals team that we'll be watching in November because they're the in-season hard knocks team. Uh, they had oh, wow. all, 
they had all the off-season stuff with uh, with Murray and and all of that. It's um, it's it's. I don't know. Tell me what you think. That line went from KC by two and a half all the way to six. I wonder what the heck's going on. That's crazy. I mean, it's like two or three weeks ago, it was KC by two and a half. So, I mean, that makes me lean Arizona to the six as a dog. I think KC is going to end up being good, but they're going to be figuring things out without Tyree Hill. I mean, he was a humongous part of that offense. And, yes. You know, we'll see how Scott Moore, the second round pick, uh, does. But, man, that's an awful lot of big shoes to fill. And laying six on the roads a lot here. I mean, I think I, I like Arizona in the points, but I, I, I hate going against Patrick Mahomes. I haven't said that. So this, this is going to be a really good game. Raiders, Chargers, uh, a lot of Chargers uh, hype. I'm kind of in on it. I, I think Herbert's about to become a superstar in the league. It's a three-and-a-half-point line. Chargers favored by three-and-a-half against a Raiders team that I think is going to be improved and is salty. Yeah, well, so this is a rematch. Remember that Week 18 game last year where they yeah. played for that play spot and the Raiders won in overtime? That was the best game in the NFL last year. I think the Chargers have been licking their chops since that game. I'll tell you what else. I think the Cleo Mack to the Chargers could be the underrated move of the year. You know, a lot of people forgot about him, kind of like how the Rams got Von Miller last year, and we saw what that ended up meaning. You know, Cleo Mack's been stuck in a bad situation, and now he's on a team that could compete for a championship, I think. He could really give them something to pass rush. I like the Chargers in this game. I think the Raiders could be pretty good this year. But I think after what happened in Week 18, the Chargers have had this game circled the entire offseason. I think they're going to come out and take care of them. I think you're right. And that's an astute observation about Mac. Uh, he teams up with Watt. They adds to their kind of culture defensively. They've, they've got some players there. And is Herbert sort of developing into his own? I, I, I like them. I like the Chargers a lot. That's the team I'm really watching. Um, I Packers in Minnesota, they're in Minneapolis. Aaron Rodgers and company giving a point and a half in an NFC North game to kick things off, a 325 game. I wouldn't touch this from a betting standpoint, but from a viewing standpoint, I'm I'm planning to have at least one TV on it. I'm taking Minnesota, and I I just can't get out of my head what happened to Green Bay in week one when they played the Saints in Jacksonville and lost 38-3 to last year. I just can't get it out of my mind. And then Alan Lazard's already banged up. No Devontae Adams. Minnesota's always tough at home. I know it's their first game, the new coach, but I just, I, you know, Minnesota's going to be fired up and ready for this game. And it, it's one of those things. I, I'm, I'm going Minnesota here. I, right. I like them. Help me here. You got to help me out of something because I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be this guy. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, though. I, I am a Sam Williams fan. I'm thrilled for Sam and and his. Uh, what what he's been able to accomplish so far and, and that kind of thing. But I don't like the Cowboys. I haven't liked them since I was a little boy. I'm not going to start liking them now. But I love getting two and a half in Dallas against this Tampa team on uh, Sunday night at home. I like Dallas here, too. I'll tell you what else. Like, the under. So, Tampa, Allie Marpet, their guard retired. Their other good guard, Alex Capps, signed with the Bengals. Ryan Jensen, they're all pro centers out for the year, and they've got other O-linemen banged up already. Brady missed, what, two weeks of camp going to Bahamas with his family? I feel like Tampa could start slow here, and they're at Dallas at New Orleans' first two games. But on the other side of it, Dallas behind C.D. Lamb, their receiving core. I mean, they, you know, Amari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup's not back yet. James Washington got hurt preseason. They're banged up. And then Tyron Smith, their left tackle's out. I feel like this game could be – it's 50-and-a-half. You know, everybody remembers the 31-29 game. They played that really fun Thursday night game one last year. I'm leaning under here just with all these injuries on both offenses. Uh, and I like Dallas. I always feel like, Neil, 
Road favorite by two and a half is the sucker line. And Tampa on the road, you're laying two and a half. And Buffalo's laying two and a half tomorrow night, too. Uh, those are the two lines that always, you know, that line always weirds me out. So I'd lean Dallas with anyone, and I'm looking to take the Sunder. The, uh, we talked about how they start the schedule in the NFL. They finish Monday night with an <laughs> intriguing game because of the soap opera drama part of it. Uh, Denver with Russell Wilson as its quarterback heads to Seattle where he used to be the quarterback. Denver giving six and a half. The over-under is 45. Man, Man. I, 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 I don't like Seattle's team at all. Uh, but six and a half is a big number. And you know, I, it's one of those spots where it's just so hard to do this because, like, how do you bet Seattle because you're starting Geno Smith? But they're the right side here. Public's 85% Denver. You know, you, we all seen how that Seattle 12th man crowd gets. You know how hyped they're going to be for Wilson coming back on Monday night? And they know uh, everything about Russell Wilson. Everything. I, 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 I kind of think this could be an under. Like, maybe Seattle's crowd keeps them in it a little bit. But uh, it's one of those spots It's so hard to take Seattle that I'm doing it here. I mean, I'm just going to fade the public, slamming Denver on the road. I think Seattle's got a good home field advantage. My thoughts on it, though, hopefully it'll get to seven or seven and a half by Monday night, and I'd like it a little more. That's my thoughts. Yeah. Hey, that's great stuff. Um, I, I love talking NFL. It's out, but... oh, me too. Love, love coming on here, too. I always do. Uh, you know, you put out a great product, and uh, I know a ton of the Ole Miss faithful love listening to it. As far as my Oxford, uh, I'm doing Ole Miss Kentucky for sure. So okay. I'm doing Kentucky, and then they announced the Barstool College football show is going to be in Baton Rouge for Ole Miss LSU. So uh, those two are on my calendar. And if the season's going really well, I might go to Bama, but that's going to be a last. Though that's going to be kind of a last minute one. What do you guys have going on at Barstool this weekend? Man, a uh, huge NFL Week One stream. Uh, one of my best friends' 40th birthday is Saturday night, so I'm glad I get to go to that party. Uh, I've got a lot of 40th birthdays coming this year. Man, that went quick. Um, yeah. Wait till, wait till the next 10 go as fast as they're going to go, bud. Yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding, man. God, dude, bless. It goes so fast. But uh, I'm going to be on a lot of the streams, and uh, we're going to do a big NFL Week 1 stream from Hoboken. Uh, Stephen Shea and I are doing our – we're doing our, our fantasy football podcast. We're actually going to do it live at noon Eastern, 11 Central, where we take fan questions on start sit. We give out all our gambling picks. Uh, that's going to be a big thing an hour before kickoff on Sundays. And yeah, I'm up here. I mean, that's that's what's going to be the next couple of weeks. And I'm filming. Uh, we're doing a big rediscovering Louisiana with uh, Nick Trani and Donnie and KB, which is going to be a really fun production. So I've got that in a few weeks running through South Louisiana. And can't wait. Like I said, the Kentucky weekend and uh, it's Kentucky game and Mempho Music Fest that weekend too with Black Keys, Jason Isbell, and Widespread Panic. And so. The Oxford-Memphis combo that October 1st, that weekend, I'm, I'm very excited about. I'm glad to hear it. Hey, it's always great to catch up with you. Hope to talk to you again real soon. Look forward to it. I uh, hope to be coming on here every week, and thank you for having me. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's just – I'd love to go run through the NFL games with you uh, every every week for Thursday. That would be a lot of fun. Let's do it. Thanks again, okay. Neil. Appreciate it. All right, Ben. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com